0: we go This is going to work right, right. hey guys see you here Potent Podics today we're going to talk about growing go- go-
1: go- 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 with fishes right. hey
0: guys see you here Potent
1: Podics today we're going to talk about growing with fishes <laughs>
0: sorry, sorry about the echo there, guys. Uh, I'm still getting used to the new setup and the new intro setup, so I uh, thought we'd surprise you guys with something cool and new, and uh, obviously I need to practice that a little bit more, but that's all good. <laughs> hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us today on the Growing With Vicious podcast. I'm Steve. Uh, today, we have the uh, awesome Wayne Justman, one of my best friends out in Cali.
1: Steve, good evening. <laughs> nice to see you all. You're come up by the way. Correct. What's up? You're in Oklahoma, so it's nine o'clock there. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> no, we have we have sunshine and smoke in our air, and I'm not talking about the good smoke. With all these fires around us, uh, I really have smoke. And Steve, something that really bothers me a little bit, and no one's just dis- no one's talking about it yet. Our farmers need to have crop insurance. Mm-hmm how many years that do we have people that raise these crops and they don't have insurance when they're when they get destroyed by fire? anyway some folks in sonoma are hurting right now and i got a call today from somebody what to do about it that sucks
0: that's a great topic we'll, we'll get into that here in depth in a minute um uh
2: we also have uh, roger from uh i love growing marijuana how's it going it's going great. How are y'all doing tonight? Great to be on the show. We have a little short, interesting show about the upcoming conference that Steve and Marty are going to put on virtually. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, apparently I have a Facebook tab open that I forgot about. There we go. No more background noise. Uh, we also have Marty. Thanks a lot for joining us, Marty. Yes, <laughs> hey how's it going? Marty and I are putting on the virtual Aquaponic Cannabis Conference on October 3rd and 4th. Uh, we'll have a bunch more information on that soon. But um, we have some new speakers. Uh, Wendy Cronin, uh, um, make sure I get, I'm sorry, we have um, a George Pate will be joining us uh, from um, Kentucky State University uh, doing a talk at the, uh, as well as one of the new speakers. Uh, And then we also have, and I want to make sure I pronounce her name right. Randy Cronenberg will also be speaking on KNF along with uh, Chris Trump. So they'll kind of do different topics on on KNF. It's going to be really awesome. So if you're looking for more information on KNF uh, and and aquaponics and what is and is not okay. And then from two people that are, uh, you know, really hardcore uh, KNF uh, natural farming experts, um, you really could, I can't really beat uh, Wendy and Chris. They are really awesome sources of knowledge and really two of the best out there on, on natural farming. Um, we're happy to have both of them, as well as George Pate, who's going to be giving some pretty cool talks. He's got a lot of uh, really neat stuff that he'll be talking about at the uh, Aquaponics Association Conference as well. Uh, so definitely be sure to check out both of his talks as well at both conferences.
2: Not not everybody knows that uh, Chris Trump has done aquaponics too. I
1: mean, we've had him on the show at least a couple of times. So it'd be, oh yeah. It'd be interesting to... Uh to see what he brings to the show it's going to be fun he's always a great guest he's gone quite a few times Um, so we don't we don't encounter a lot of guests that have also done
2: aquaponics so shout out to chris
0: oh yeah and i I talk to chris
2: at least two or three times a week he's a good friend of mine so he shares a lot of knowledge anytime you need him he's there for you oh yeah great guy
0: so uh, Wayne, tell us a little bit what's going on. You were just talking about how uh, farmers or, or cannabis farmers in particular uh, really don't have a lot of options without paying some of these really exorbitant um, insur- insurance companies if that's even an option where they are or in their markets. And it's, you know, a lot of people don't realize that th- these people have, have no options. You know, a normal farmer can apply for crop insurance, assuming that they're planting on the traditional planting schedules. And uh, these cannabis growers just have have nothing that they can fall back on.
1: And not only—I just had contact yesterday, Steve, with a a friend of mine who has a dispensary, and they had insurance, Uh, and they were one of the people six or seven weeks ago when the melee was going on, uh, and and all the robberies here in the Bay Area were going on, and um, they filed a complaint. I've got an ambulance coming by me. Hold on a minute. No problem. Uh, anyway, there we go. Anyway, um as I said, they had a, an insurance company. The insurance company won't cover the uh, the loss. I, I mean, we're getting you know uh, we we in this industry, and Steve, you and I've been around for a mo- moment, we think, oh my golly, you know, this is legal, and we can grow so many plants and you no, know, look at us, we can do this now, et cetera, et cetera, really really for the price that we're paying our farmers are hurting our dispensaries are getting robbed our patients right now don't know what the hell to do and and, and all and and, and it's just it's tragic right now it just it's really tragic all over a plant and you and i've discussed that before all over a plant
0: And, and a lot of the medical markets suddenly don't have any more supply once it goes wreck um, because every, you know they, they immediately push it all to that, that higher sales point. And then suddenly people that had access to medicine no longer have access to medicine uh, is another big thing that happens as well with these regulations.
1: And they're getting pushed out of the way. You know, I, I, um, uh, about seven or eight months ago, there was a colleague of mine, Mikey Barbetta. I don't know if you know Mikey, who is a champ. Anyway, um, he was told his time and my time are done. You know, it's now recreational cannabis. Our time as medical proponents of cannabis etc well you know we're it's it's biased now it's now let's let's make some money on this issue uh steve you and i started all we were worried about making sure somebody felt better
0: oh yeah And, and we're all passionate about uh you know people's medical issues it's you know uh we've donated a lot of cannabis over the years and a lot of cannabis edible products especially uh to, to people that, that needed it. And we still do. I, I know that I, anywhere that I'm making rosin, I donate all my rosin pucks. I find a little old lady who has a bunch of friends that are hurting. I teach her how to make, you know, some, some, some can of oil and I just give her all my pucks and I let her give it out to the community. She knows the people there. I don't, they don't need to know my face. I'm happy to give them their medicine. You know what I mean? Like that, that's just something that a lot of cannabis people do and have for a long time. And they can't do that anymore. If they're, they're having their funds cut off to be able to to just provide legal medicine that they can grow and provide it to medical people. Even, you know, you have different testing and some testing is needed. You know, uh, you need to know if it's pestis, you know, has the right pesticides and or if it has mold or things like that. But some of this stuff is getting absolutely outrageous and they're not giving licenses to people that need them and people that have honestly been growing cannabis for the, you know, all these years, especially in California. I mean, the, the, uh, what's going on in California is out of control.
1: Yeah, I was uh, a friend of mine uh, was telling me of a cannabis or a new program that uh, one of our dispensaries have here in San Francisco. And um, uh, he said, well, let me, let me come over. I said, I should come and explain the program. Would you believe a three page document to, to get free cannabis? Can you believe this? And I'm thir- I'm 75 years old, uh, 33 years HIV positive, and I've got to fill out three pages of information that I kind of qualify for the medicine, golly, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not sure about all of this stuff. And
0: you, of all people, <laughs> medical patient number one, the first person to ever get a medical cannabis license in the United States.
1: Well, it's a, you know, there are a lot, lot of folks don't know that story, and especially now, Steve, you go into these dispensaries, they don't know you, they don't know me, they don't know Jack Hara, they don't know Mary Rathborn, they don't know Dennis Perone, they don't know 215, and, Maybe in a way you can't blame them, but yeah, I, I might be the first patient in the United States that got a card from a government government source, uh, but still, it's it's what about these other patients that go into these stores? You know, what, what about their needs? And b- by the way, if you feel that the COVID vi- virus that all of us are going through and these dispensaries, you only can go in and get something you can't, uh, you can't medicate inside, black market is doing quite well quite well and thank you to 64 and some other situations doing real well
0: yeah and and you're seeing a lot of it too i mean you're seeing the price point on on cannabis go back up because of uh of recreational as well because you know that's the the only place we, <laughs> a lot of people are moving stuff so it's forcing you know uh the black market doesn't you know they're only going to sell a certain percentage below what the stores are you know
1: it's uh it's a you know, you and I have been around. Uh, do you remember the days of pounds for $6,000? <laughs> I remember.
0: I don't know, maybe not six, but certainly five, yeah.
1: Well, I remember back that That must have been about 1998, nine, two, 2000, somewhere back there where they had six for, for, for a pound. And, and they got it because we needed it at that time. And, and, and it was hard on the patient, the dispensary operator, but 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 it happened at and, and all. And something, I don't know if, if, um, if, if you all have discussion about this in the past, something too that I was talking with one of our farmers up here, you know, because of restrictions, our farmers are not able to negotiate with anybody outside of the state or the international market. And aren't we putting ourselves way the hell behind this eventual necessary market? Oh, I can grow my product, but I only can do it here in California. Well, exactly. hell, you know that, that uh, there are other people. You know, there are other states that need it, Canada, Mexico, or international market. Uh, you know, what are we doing to ourselves? And we think, oh boy, we're really making some wonderful progress on X, Y, or Z. Nah, so, with
0: it. so I have I have mixed feelings on the international market as someone who just came back from Africa in April, uh, who was working on a project in Zimbabwe. Um, the, the way that they look at agriculture, especially medical grade agriculture, really is not to the same standard that we kind of would take it here as far as making sure that we don't have drift and all that. Like we did at our farm, but we had to literally like pay all of our neighbors to, to not use stuff we didn't want them to do. And if we didn't do that, they were going to use anything they could to save their crop. It didn't really matter as long as it saved it. Right. So. Um, You you don't really, you're not going to have the same quality of stuff coming worldwide, I think, universally. Certainly you will from a lot of producers, but not universally. I also think that, you know, does the United States really want to have producers that can produce at five to seven dollars a pound overseas uh, and uh, to compete with? Probably not. Certainly Philip Morris doesn't because they would directly push them straight out of the market uh and they're not going to affect the craft growers you think anyone who's going to buy the the race to the bottom you know uh 10 pack of joints is gonna you know could be the same kind of customer that's going in to buy the craft uh dem pure uh uh organic absolutely not they're completely different customer bases entirely so they're not competing with each other in any way so so you're gonna have these craft growers that are gonna (laughs) be able to carve a niche out for themselves and just not deal with the the rest of the rat race but, um, you know, you're going to have a lot of the bigger companies just get straight pushed out once South America and Africa come online as far as production, because the cost that they can do it at is just astronomically cheap. You know, the auroras and the canopies are going to not, you know, be long for this world once they get into the game, unless they're part of it. And and that's something I think is going to really, cha- you know, what's that going to do when you can buy distillate for five cents a gram, you know what I mean? Like. Edibles are going to get cheap, that's for sure. <laughs> but hopefully it'll mean cheap medicine for people that need it. You know, maybe that's one good thing that will come out of it is you'll see cannabis products uh, competing with Tylenol and Advil and other basic pain medications. And and that's really where we
1: aimed some of the products we're working on here in, in, uh, in
0: uh, Oklahoma too.
1: And what did you think? I, I'll tell you, they could have saved you and me a lot of headaches uh, when they they could have told us this 25 years ago and it saved Dennis from getting shot, Brownie Murray and all these other folks have been there for a while, that cannabis was essential businesses, all right? They wanted to close our ass down. When I opened my place at 350, they closed our ass down and all. And now they include us as essential business. But again, you and I, and again, Dennis, all medical use of cannabis is, all use of cannabis is medical. And now we hear 25 years later, somebody's finding a green with it gotta love it so
0: tell us about the dispensaries in the early days I, i've heard a lot about them but i don't think I've any i've actually had asked anybody you what were they selling like what was what was on offer what were the products that were available what was the the the, the quality of the stuff and you know what was the experience like because I, I haven't really had anybody explain that
1: uh, i'll let you know what we did at 1444 market street the cannabis buyers cooperative that dennis perone uh opened in 1994 The federal government closed this in May of 1998. It was a five-story building. Uh, I think that the San Francisco Examiner covered it best when they called it on a a Sunday editorial, a five-story felony. Uh, We were very proud of that in those days. We were a five-story felony, and they, they made paragraph and paragraph of what we were doing inside there we were smoking cannabis and having a good time and taking care of sick and dying people and and the outside world just couldn't understand that um but we had five floors on the third floor, third and the fourth floor is where our patients were able to gather uh fifth floor was for other. Uh, anyway this is the third, third and fourth floor we gather. on the on the third floor is where we had what we called mexican cannabis most of the cannabis at that time did come from mexico uh and uh it, it we, we had grade it graded out and uh we probably had i think from five star to one star and it was hard to re- regulate what the hell five to one star meant but we had cannabis on the first level uh, on the fourth level and then when you go up to the fourth floor that's when you had california marijuana and in those days i'm talking 94 five and six Hell, we were lucky to have six or seven people who grew at that time uh, that, that were able to come down. Eddie Lepp was somebody. You, you remember the very few people that, that were able to come down. So we didn't always have a good choice as far as the product. We made the prices as reasonable as possible to cover the expenses. We had uh, baked goods. Obviously, Bronnie Mary was there, and, and we had her baked goods. And then as she passed away, other patients brought in baked goods. We also had a young lady who gave us some tincture uh, uh, who was from, uh, gee, where was she from? Menlo Park, where she made uh, a, a tincture. But the dispensaries, you you, you walked in and uh, the third floor was very, very large. The building was about 13,000 square feet. So you got about 3,500 square feet on each floor. You had tables and chairs, sofas, lounges area. It's like someone's living room. You want to go in there, get your... Get your material, sit down and enjoy yourself. There was no time limit. Usually there was uh, some kind of music. Many times it was live and you got to know people. There was no time limit. You want to come in there and all. But again, Steve, you met many of our patients. They came from the Tenderloin Housing Clinic, <coughs> hotels, single room occupancy hotels. All right. They didn't have a lot of money at that time they didn't drive to work they didn't come in and say listen we want a quarter pound of this or we'd like to have an eighth of this many of our patients we used to have what's called a three dollar bill a three dollar bag and and you know when you couldn't really afford something but you didn't want to just walk without it we had three dollars but also too we gave so much of it away uh um we gave it so much of away, and and it was just a great way to get away to meet friends <laughs> Uh, most of us were sick and many of us died uh, and it wasn't a place that you had to be fancy uh, but just go there and enjoy yourselves. What a great place though. And you met Dennis you know what that you know what his energy was like.
0: Oh yeah Dennis was an awesome person. Uh, you know what his
1: energy him. was like.
0: Oh yeah, I met him uh, uh, lobbying against amendment 64 and uh, working out there in California and uh, got to you know came over awesome.
1: to his, you came over to his home.
0: Oh yeah, many times. Yeah, you
1: enjoy your visit.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Thanksgiving. You New Years. Good times for sure. Yeah, um right. what uh, uh so uh what are some of the other uh, uh more interesting events uh you uh, last time you were telling us about uh the when you guys were up at a house and the, the police showed up and you guys had all kinds of fun up there you were you were giving them a hard time. Uh, what's another good story uh Uh, a good memory that you have uh, might be a a fun interesting thing a lot of people don't know about some of the early days there's a lot of people that you know haven't had a chance to hear a lot of the the things that went on back in the day or maybe don't know or maybe they're just just turned 18 or 21 don't really know how crazy things used to be
1: can i uh uh, rather than talking about dennis i do have another story that's related
0: Yeah, it doesn't have to say anything about Dennis. Just, just anything if, about the the old days. Yeah, so but and if of- I drop
1: the name Terrence Hallinan, <laughs> would that would that do anything for you?
0: Sure, whatever. All whatever right. you want to talk to us about.
1: Terrence Hallinan. For those, I met Terrence Hallinan. We, he was a supervisor for the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco, and that was in 1987. Uh, he was on the. He he was uh, a district supervisor. To the mid-90s, when he ran for and successfully won the district attorney uh, position in San Francisco, which he held for three terms, Terrence Hallinan was Terrence Hallinan was invaluable to Dennis and any of us that were in the movement at that time. Please understand why. Being the chief law enforcement officer at any time. And for any reason of his cause, he could have come to us and said, not in my town. And he could have cut us down. We've got counties now in California that they don't allow anything about cal- uh, about uh, 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 cannabis. Uh, same situation here with, with uh, San Francisco. He is and was the chief law enforcement official. And um, uh, he could have cut us down, but he didn't. He was very, very supportive of what what Dennis was doing, of what Bron- he knew. Brownie Mary, he knew Jack. In other words, that was also helpful. He knew and was part of the players uh, and all. So anyway, let me get to the story. So and I've known, I knew Terrence. He passed away a couple of years ago, but I knew him. So anyway, we're we're going to a normal conference in in Tiburon, which is just over the bridge and and all. And Terrence uh, uh, picked me up, and he was with his his. Uh, uh, wife and his daughter we went over and George Zimmer and a number of people from uh George Zimmer of the men's warehouse and uh some uh, uh Keith Strop and a number of people were there from from Norman and I had a great evening etc etc so we drunk we we, we come home or, and he br- comes across the bridge and they were staying in the uh in the avenues at that time and so uh, Terrence said well, Wayne I'll give you a ride right home but let me drop off uh uh, the kids or my wife and the kids. He said, and he did. And he said, listen, wait here while I go get a joint for us. Uh, okay. So, and I'm he, he running in here. Now here's a guy like I've known since about 87 and it's gotta be now 20 years. We've known one another. And I'm thinking to myself, let me play this. New I'm sitting next to the sitting district attorney, the chief law enforcement officer of the city County, of San Francisco, He just ran into us. Oh, and here he comes. Just came. Here he comes in the door. Wayne, hold this while we get going. Closes the door, et cetera, et cetera. He said, light this thing up. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm sitting with the chief law enforcement officer in California in San Francisco in a County car. All right. And he's driving me home and we're just, we're medicating. And I'm thinking, I'll never do this again. I mean, how, how, how often does this stuff happen? Uh, I, I, I can tell that story about Terrence. He'd love the story anyway, because he enjoyed it, but there was a crazy story. We were able to do that in those days Uh, only because we were friends. I, we had great respect for one another, but he respected everything that we were doing in the cannabis community. Many times he came to my dispensary at 350 to visit Earl, uh, while he was a district attorney. And of course he came to Dennis's dispensary while he was the DA. What a great supporter. Just a great supporter, but there's a crazy story for it. I got a few others too, but anyway,
0: sure. hey, whatever, you, whatever you feel like sharing, man. We we love to hear about. Again, a lot of people don't know about. I you know the, how things used to be and how you know the, you know uh, uh, what you know. Um, uh, how what was the one that uh, the lady who got arrested for transport it was Pebbles, right? We got for for transporting it.
1: Yeah, Pebbles Tribut and, and Brownie Mary Mary ratborn. They yeah, got, do, they, you
0: wanna, do you want to tell about a little bit about them uh and and what happened well, mary, mary,
1: mary rothborn uh, she was um uh, she was an elderly lady in, in her 70s when um, uh, she became active in 1980 84 she was caught transporting cannabis to her home in, in marin and what she was using the cannabis for was to make brownies uh, for individuals that were at the um, Ward 5A of, of General Hospital in San Francisco, uh, wanted to bring these pot brownies over to, to these people and make them available. That's how she got the name uh, Brownie Mary. And, and of course, Steve and, and, and Roger and Marty, obviously a dangerous person. Oh, did you ever meet Brownie Mary? She's about five foot eight and just uh, everybody's there. But again, oh, she was dangerous she cared enough about sick and dying people that she made brownies for them. And when she got arrested, she said, she, she, she gave everybody the burden and said, fuck you all. Because she did talk like a sailor. I mean, for anybody that knew Brownie Mary, but again, I mean, uh, uh, there are some strong shoulders. You met Jack and Mary. There's some strong shoulders that were here in the, uh, in the nineties that got uh, proposition 215 off the ground and made medical cannabis somewhat, uh, uh, you know, somewhat, uh, somewhat, uh, tolerable. You know, we made the, we got that discussion started. We got medical cannabis uh, started, which was so very important.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, how is has the uh, the new uh, provisions? I know they got the the new stuff. Uh, the new, what's the new license type for people that want to be able to provide for medical patients? The the new structure that they passed.
1: Uh, they, they passed Proposition Thirty Four. What's yeah. what's the problem right now, Steve? And I think it's all over the all over. Uh, it is too complicated, too complicated to do anything in cannabis right now. That's why the black market's really go, really going well. Uh, I've got some farmer friends that are in Humboldt, that have been growing for years. Uh, They've got some opposition right now. They've got to go to their hearing on Tuesday uh, to see if they're gonna get approval. Uh, You've got um, thousands of dollars to prepay uh, for these meetings, many uh, uh, forms to fill out. Then you also become uh, eligible for uh, outside forces to come in and check your your facilities, uh, legal people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The same thing with dispensaries. Uh, We've made it too difficult for someone to grow the plant, too difficult for someone to dispense the plant, too difficult for someone to use the plant. And this just cuts off any kind of progress that that we think that we're gonna make. Uh, um, What is it, Tennessee or something like that said that you can grow two plants? I'm not sure about that. Can you, uh, listen. Doesn't everybody that want to use cannabis want to move to a compassionate state like that? We can grow two plants. Steve, think about that excitement. Roger, Marty, think about that excitement. Our government. Our I live Steve, over here in the south. Uh, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> our governments. Oh my God. Two plants. I'm. Let. I'll tell you something, Roger. I'm so, I could be so excited about that. I just might move to hell down there. I mean, I've been in <laughs> San Francisco 33 years ago, and you know how our liberals are out here. And I live in and Nancy Pelosi. I live in her district. So uh, you know how liberal I am out here. And Gavin Newsom is my friend. And also, too, oh, well, Steve, something interesting. Um, when Kamala was the district attorney out here, I served on her uh, cannabis advisory uh, task force. I got a photo out here. So, Um, so What is
0: she going to do to the cannabis industry? Because I've heard a lot of mixed things that she's not super friendly.
1: You know something? I'm disappointed with what both the Republicans and the Democrats want to do. Mr. Trump has a little bit of a problem with it. Mr. Biden is having some problems with it. Uh, You know, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell kind of opposition is there in D.C. that is pushing against this? Is the alcohol industry that that powerful? They are. Is the pharmaceutical people that powerful? They are. What there has to be people that are really, really pushing against this stuff and 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 uh, to overcome this. I'm I'm not sure if if this will happen in this administration. But I'm 75 years old. Hell, I thought it would happen. At, you know, when did we passed uh, 21596, What is What is 24 years ago. Still, nothing's happened. Still, it's against the federal law. And you and I've got to figure out so many pages to write this shit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm not really sure how to, how to move that forward. I'm kind of hoping that uh, eventually one of the two sides will try to put it up for election to try and remove it as a wedge issue, but you never know. But I'm, I'm hoping that at least the next administration, whatever it is, uh, We'll change things up because I don't think the current one's going to do much of anything.
1: No, and I and, you know, we the people they, we've got to do something about it as well. You know, we can't we can't continue screwing ourselves with passing things like Prop 64. You know, we we, we can't do that. That's just, you know, uh, people are anxious to have it legalized, but at what price and at what cost? You know, it's silly, you know, all because I want to grow uh, a plant or then have access to a plant. And now I've got to do jump through all these hoops or do fill out all these farms. No, nah, I'm not big on that stuff, You, I'd never have been.
0: So so what's the Cali scene like at the moment under the lockdown?
1: Well, we've been locked down here since March. Uh, San Francisco, our mayor locked us down in the mid, uh, I think of March 14th. Now the dispensaries, most of the dispensaries you can, call and, and they'll have a delivery or you can call place the order and then just go in and pick up the order. You can do that. But there are now no lounges, you can't medicate in there. Um and obviously some of these uh dispensaries they do not have they do not have the uh uh selection that they had uh pre, pre this virus uh because they can't get it what things are happening in the farms etc 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 um, uh, so that's, uh, um, that's, uh, uh, that's a problem. We, 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 don't have that. Uh, and then also too, um, are, Steve, you, you're familiar with Magnolia wellness, Debbie Goldsberry's place. Uh, I think I was there once. Okay. Anyway, the point being is that I just saw a little bit of note of her. She has been closed for the last three months, uh, not just because of the virus, but she was, she was um, raided, or not raided, but uh, robbed twice. Armed robbery. And the problem that they had, they did so much destruction on the inside of the building, not only, and then taking much thousands and thousands of dollars, of product, and here was another thing. The insurance won't cover it. So it's taken them a while to, to put themselves back together. And that's what we're doing. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's hard every way. And then of course you don't, uh, you don't have banking. We can't take the money to a bank at the end of the evening and make sure uh, that it is secure. So no wonder hell, it's like, uh, you know, if it's, well, why did uh, Dylan's rob a bank where well, that was where the money is? Well, they robbed the marijuana places because that's where marijuana and money are. Hell of a deal. Awesome. Awesome. Um,
0: so, uh, uh, it's been uh, kind of crazy out here in Oklahoma. Um, things we have uh, different <laughs> events going on occasionally. Uh, I know there's a big event going on at the end of September. They're doing a smoke and glow. There's a a, bar, a place out here and they do uh, kind of these like outdoor concerts uh, and stuff. It's kind of neat. So kind of getting slowly back to normal. Uh, I think they don't take it quite as seriously out here as they do on on the coasts. But um, but uh, so what? Uh, what's some of your favorite? Um, favorite stuff to smoke uh, out there. I know you have access to quite a bit out there in uh, San Francisco. What are some of your favorites over the years uh, uh, in terms of different strains or products or different things you found interesting?
1: I'm going to use what Dennis said, and we've used this many times, when somebody said, well, what's the favorite strain that you're using? He says, the stuff I'm smoking right now. (laughs) But, golly, listen, uh, uh, Alaskan uh, mountain fuck. M39, uh, Blue Dot, uh, J37, all of these, these, these names and over the years that I've had, I, I do dab probably you you saw me take a dab earlier. I, I do dab, but I do have marijuana and flour over here. So I try to keep things mixed, but I'm really fortunate that I do have uh, access to some pretty good cannabis um, and, and all. And again, I, 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 it's hard to say what my favorite is, because I, re- I really don't even know what the hell I'm smoking right now as far as the flower. You know, just like somebody will give me something and I don't really ask too much about it. The only thing I knew now know, it's going to be good. <laughs> that I know. And I'm fortunate in that regard. Folks take care of an old man. But but Steve, they say I took care of them too. Well, well, we'll try to balance that out. I know you're the first person I come see when I get off the
0: plane in San Francisco every time. That's for sure.
1: Well, we've been friends, and I've got great, I've got great admiration and respect for what you do.
0: I, it's always fun hanging out with you. I don't, I don't think I've ever had a single time where I, we hung out and I didn't end up just like dying laughing at least three or four times. <laughs> you gotta have some. I remember good time. We were at Emerald Cup or something, and there were some. Some guard is like, you got to keep your joint on this side of the line and you're like dancing and, and keeping the joint like like gyroscopically on that side of the line and then like leaning back. <laughs> it was fucking shit. I don't know, so many different fun things that we've done over the years and hanging out with, uh, hanging out over at the castle and all the different fun stuff, so.
1: Great simple things all And that's the great thing about this plant. And for us that use it, we see how it can be a common denominator to bring people together, because again, one of the things that you and I can share is this plant. We can share this plant, and that's a great thing that we do, and we do it all of the time. You know, somebody asked me one time, uh, uh, and over my time, they said, "Wayne, do you think that you've given away more pot, or you smoked more pot?" And I said, "That's a that's not a nice question." because I like to smoke, but it, you, you and I give the stuff away. That's what it's about. That, I mean, for me, that's what, and I'm blessed and I get it because the people who provide it for me give it to me. So I give it to other people when I have it and I have access to it. That, Jesus, I'm happy to press it out. And folks know that I'll do that. Here Wayne, here, here's such and such, you, you know, you go just like you said, you know who the players are that need it.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. So, what, um, where do you see kind of things going forward as far as uh, uh, legalization or, or efforts out there in California? I think it's going to be kind of stuck for a while. You think I've heard talk of a revision bill. Uh, do you know anything about that or have you heard anything about what's going on out there with that? The cannabis uh, Reform no, act? Hold on. Actually, I, I brought it up when uh, Mr. Supreme was on the show last week. Let me uh, see if I can find the name of the paper here. Hold on a second. this paper shoots, uh, I thought I had it on here, no. Anyways, I thought I had it saved there, but um, there's a, a cannabis a hemp is the hemp restoration act. I believe uh, Jack, her son was involved with it, hold on.
1: There's a couple of, there, there are a couple of things that, that are, are, are being considered. Um, I'm really not sure. We, we certainly have screwed things up here in California but my, my, my thought is this, no matter what the hell we do, we have to look at a larger, larger thing. Until and unless this plant is taken off the schedule, the federal government and anyone that opposes whatever the hell we're thinking about can drop that card on us and say, it's against federal law, that ends the discussion. We've got to get this thing removed. That's number one. And once that's removed, or in addition to that, we need banking access. We need banking access. Uh, uh, um, like, like I said to you, some of these facilities several m- weeks ago, not only did they lose product, they lost thousands of dollars because they were able to get, get access to safes and things of that nature. And, and money was there. Uh, you know, I know how much money we used to store at 350 to visit there, and Hell, that's 20 years ago and all. Um, but, but you need to have the banking industry or we need to have banking things. One, get it the hell out that schedule. And then two, remove banking. Then I believe you can sit down and start talking. Because otherwise they're going to limit you on this and they got to limit you on that. And if you use cannabis for this, you have to do this. Well, come on, everybody. This is a little bit senseless, and we've got to we've got to simplify this plant because it is a very simple plant, a complex as hell, but simple. The only thing you've got to do is get this plant into your body. That's all you got to do.
0: The the paper I was referring to is the Cannabis Hemp Heritage Act of twenty twenty, the Jack Herrera Initiative. Yeah, so people are, using, go to, people
1: are using Jack's name, obviously, because Jack's not here to himself to qualify it. So just, let's start right there with that. That offends me just a little bit as well. You know, people I, are using like, like, oh, boy, Jack, that's his name. Well, wait a minute, everybody. You're just kind of using it to draw attention. Yeah. I'm not sure that Jack would, would appreciate all these rules and regulations. You know, he didn't like it. He didn't like it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, it was one of his... His biggest things. Uh, I also get pissed when I, especially pissed when I see people use Dennis's name as well, especially when I know that they did not get permission. Um, there's a, so the website is c h h a twenty twenty com. If you want more information on the bill, um, the other information I was going to talk about was relevant to what we were talking about. Is so there's a lawsuit right now about the, uh, against the DEA about current marijuana scheduling, and if the DEA loses it, it would be. In theory, immediately descheduled. I don't know what it would do for the penalties around it, but it would deschedule it. Um, and there's a lot of states that say that it will be kept that way until it is federally re- descheduled. Um, and that would trigger a whole lot of events if that were to happen. Now, um, the DEA filed to have the motion thrown out, and that uh, motion to throw it out was denied yesterday, August or two days ago, August 18th. Um, so, um, you know as of right now the dea is is has a current case and if they lose that could change everything um the uh, you know, Steve,
1: uh, the federal government came in uh, several weeks ago and approached the state cannabis industry and wanted to get a lot of the paperwork on the uh, cannabis dispensaries they didn't get it because they were legal but the federal government wanted to do that
0: the the case is sisley versus dea ca9 So if you're looking that up, um, I can get you more information on that if you're interested. But Susan Sisley, MD, uh, against the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. So uh, again, if that goes through, that would radically change how the feds have to deal with it unless they do something uh, to to stop it. So uh, we'll see what happens um, with that lawsuit because that's... But that's not the first time something like that's gone and happened either. I mean, I, I can think of at least three other times where they've had a similar lawsuit and then just didn't do anything. So we'll
2: see. I want I wanted to say something, Wayne, when you meant banking, I think the banking will fall in line once it's decriminalized off the schedule, because that's the only holdup. That's the only reason the banks will not do it now. It's against federal regulations. So they're insured by the FDIC which is a federal insurance company. And that's why it absolutely won't happen till it is descheduled, like you said. But I think that'll be the easy part. I think the descheduling is still going to be the toughest road. You know, yeah. You know, well Roger, yeah.
1: point well taken, really, yeah. really. I think every once you get the pids out of the way, I think everything else will kind of fall into place with less problems.
2: Right, because yeah. look how fast everybody, when when they legalized hemp, even though that's, I'm not going to get sideways into that clusterfuck right now, but, but when they legalized hemp, everybody and their brother jumped on that you know it's a it change all these people that would have never you'd have never thought smoke pot or anything are growing hemp you know they're hemp farmers and big on and it and even talking about cannabis now where you never would have seen them um what
1: are the hemp farmers doing with their
2: product uh well the interesting thing since you asked uh, the interesting thing here is the sled the south carolina law enforcement division they they decided that hemp flower looked too much like you know uh THC I, I call it all cannabis now I refuse to let it's the same thing one's got a lot of THC and one doesn't uh, or it could but they've got it so limited down to 03 everybody said they said by next year they're going to uh, be totally fake all the states are going to try to follow the federal laws so now we're screwed again because 0.03 you almost cannot grow it to to full harvest and be below 0.03 in fact I talked with the owner of the cherry wine strain, which is one of the most popular strains of uh, hemp across the country. And he told me that there's tests out at 0.05 when it's mature. So it's all about when you have to test. So what we've had to try to get back to your question is I've got, we've got a friend of the show in North Carolina and, uh, and I've, been, I've been working with farmers here in South Carolina. And the problem is, is that they outlawed flour for sale in like the head shops and offer. For a while, you could go get hemp flour. But the, the sled, like our state DEA has uh, forced, they were allowed to get into this agricultural commodity and make the rules for the Department of Agriculture. And so now it's so stringent. I actually went for a permit and I decided not to grow it. I said, I'm not growing all freaking year. So I have to burn my crop at the end of in the fall. You know. So we're looking at it again. We may go into the seed and um, fiber industry. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's hard to sell it. Our friend in North Carolina, he's a better example for me to talk about because he's been successful for years. Already sold a big farm and they're building, they're in the process of going. Well, they got their new one bigger and better up and it's expanding all the time. But they have to actually sell their flour out of state because they can't sell flour in North Carolina either. So it's right. like the, you know, they, it's really sick. Uh, um, so that's the biggest thing I see. And then, of course, you got all the farmers that think that they just were gonna, you know, mow down our cornfield and grow hemp and it was gonna be like growing corn. So, <laughs> so it's quite, and then if you call up the, the State Department of Agriculture Hemp Program and you talk to them, I can't even remember what it was because it made absolutely no sense, but they're telling everybody it's like, you're growing this or that. Like we always said, you know, in the forms are similar. Like growing tomatoes and stuff that fruit, you know, tomatoes and pepper plants and stuff like that. Uh, tomatoes even more if you got indeterminate. That's like a sativa kind. Of. It'll grow forever and grow as long as you let it grow. But uh, they they brought up some I was like, are you kidding me? That's not. No wonder. No wonder these guys are failing. They're gonna. They're looking up like how to grow some kind of field plant. Oh, uh, that's not a, a fruiting plant. And so that's, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but that kind of explains the dilemma that we're in. It's more or less that they, everybody legalized, uh-huh. legal federally now. So everybody's paying out all this freaking money to the government and not many people are getting anything in return. That's what the that why they call it. Weed
0: man. Cause you can just throw it in the field. and Nothing yeah. fucks with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I True don't understand theory. why the government wants to fuck with a plant. That just bothers the hell out of me. They're not messing around with the grapes up here that are grown in Napa or Sonoma. right? You know, they're, not, they're not trying to modify our grapes here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and, and do you want to mo- oh, it's, it's too uh, the THC is too much or too little or uh, CBD is too much or too little. Um, let the, the market decide all of that. We yeah. don't need the government to have re- uh, more restrictions. What the what hell is your, wrong with this?
0: What are your thoughts on zoning laws around CBD and THC to prevent people from getting pollinated?
1: The laws on what, please? Some
0: people have proposed zoning laws. I know in Oregon, people really like to debate this one uh, about you know, putting CBD growers into certain zones if they're gonna do outdoor uh, in order to prevent pollination to uh, medical growers.
1: We've got to protect the grower. That's number one. Whatever can be done to protect the grower. I, i'm I'm a farm boy, born and raised in Reed, Dubuque, Iowa. When I looked out my bedroom window and I think I told you this, I watch cows growing, cows grazing, and corn growing, so I understand what it is, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why I got a college degree and got out of Iowa. Being a far, being a farmer was not all that easy in those days, and I'm talking in the '50s and the '60s. But I don't think that we need all these restrictions, regulations, and restrictions. Um, but we must protect the farmer we got to protect the farmer. So whatever it's going to cost, that's reasonable for the farmer. I don't want outside people to decide these things. Have people that are knowledgeable. Let them sit and decide what the hell it is. Not a lot of elected people or people that just serve for a little bit. No. Let the people that have the voice and are affected by this, they're the ones that should decide. They have the experience. They've got the skin in their game.
0: Well, so the... You know I, I think we can all agree that we need to get the guys from weights and measures to make sure the scale is right and then we need to have some type of uh pesticide and mold inspection and then we need to have some type of hey what inputs are you using uh so that you're not using something completely insane uh, but other than that what what do we need any more regulation than that for and i think that you know taxing it at the same rate as food or any other type of agricultural good uh, up to that point is perfectly reasonable but not for medical patients, you know, if you need it for medical, then you shouldn't be taxed, you know.
1: No, well, no, a no, lot no. of times
2: you'd be given the medical patient uh, medicine. So all the way around, there shouldn't be any tax because you know, there was nothing bought. or well, so, yeah. Yeah. well, absolutely. But I mean, at the end of the day, the state's got to make something. And
0: plus, we the, at the end of the day, we have to pay the guy that comes and does the inspection for the mold. And for it to make sure that it actually is clean for the, the patients. I'm okay with just a base tax, something reasonable, just to, to make sure that the system can be self-funding, right? I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Maybe I'm, I'm a little bit out on that, but I think that I'm okay with it if it just pays that guy's salary and, and the other regulatory people that are required to, you know, just keep track of it. But, uh, and, and I'm absolutely okay with them cracking down on people that are, you know, if someone's using butanol on it, they should go to jail. You know, I'm okay with that because they're poisoning people. But, but at the same time, you know, if, but they should not be, it should have an investigation because people could also have a neighbor who is spraying uh, their fruit trees and that they spray their stuff accidentally. And it might not actually be intentional, you know? So I do also think that, you know, they also need to look at intent too, you know, because I have seen people that were, you know, good quality growers that I know for a fact didn't spray their stuff with anything that had problems. In fact, there was just someone I know at Humboldt that was trying to track down the same thing that's used in frontline uh, and it, here it was uh, we they think it was because in and grapes and and in most of your regret, uh, vegetable stuff it can be at two to four parts per million but uh, for cannabis it, it can't be detected at all not not even detected what and this isn't something like mycobutanol. this is something that doesn't actually convert when burned there's no reason for this like this is insanity. You shouldn't have to regulate the diet of your employees, you know, even wearing gloves in order to ensure that you have no cross contaminant. This is, this is a lot. Uh, and the other thing too, if you're an outdoor grower, what's to stop like a coyote that ate, ate the neighborhood cat that this is a totally realistic scenario from peeing around your plant and then co- getting up taken through the roots and then failing you. That, that's a completely reasonable scenario across the United States or our neighborhood dog and and, and ate it. So you got to have some kind of sane tolerance here Uh, uh, that, that's, that's, you know, that, or, Hey, do the, to vegetables, you know, let's have clean across the board and, you know, but pick a side because treating cannabis growers to this psychotic level of, of, of scrutiny versus when grape growers can be at, you know, billions, 4 billion times higher is insane.
1: on something that's not even dangerous. That's something, Um, Proposition 215, written in 1996, says that with the doctor's oral and written recommendation, you can cultivate and possess cannabis. 251 words, 251 words. One of the things that Dennis, myself, Jack, all those people that put that thing together, You keep it simple. And I believe right now, the problem that our government is having, they're not getting their, they're not getting, I hear that, I read recently that the state of California is really upset. They're not getting the tax revenue that they had anticipated, uh, several million dollars that they're off. Well, hell, you've made it so difficult for people to uh, grow the cannabis and dispense the cannabis. You've made it so difficult. And then you wonder why the black market is doing it. You keep it simple. There's no reason why, I, I, as a patient, 33 years HIV positive, 75 years old, that I got a, uh, I got a three-page form to sit to figure out before somebody can give me cannabis? Oh, I, I miss, I, 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 I don't understand all of that. No, 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 no. I, I need it. You give it to me or you don't give it to me. I don't need to fill out forms. You know, same thing with the dispensary operator. The same thing with farmers. We've made it so difficult. Roger, the same thing down in your area. So damn difficult that it's so hard then to, we we want to obey the law, but it's so damn hard to do so. We want to follow the law, but then you've got to cut a corner here or cut a corner there. So damn hard.
0: Well, not only that, but when was I given the opportunity to vote on where they put the opioid dispensary in my neighborhood?
1: I never got a vote on that. Hey, and didn't uh, Oakland just approved uh, the sale of mushrooms? What's that? Oakland, California just approved sale of mushrooms. Holy crap. I might have to move. Yeah, no (laughs) shit. The thing with this is is it, but I don't know where their store, what their things, et cetera. If there are stores where you can buy it, et cetera, et cetera. But it was approved last year on a a vote.
0: Yeah, probably a wormhole. No, I'm just kidding. I don't
1: know, my friend.
0: Um, so, uh, what else is, uh, anything, uh, any, you know, what are you, what are your predictions on the end of this, uh, this virus scenario? When do you think they're going to open back up out there in Cali?
1: Um, let me see. We're, we're, a, we've got about a, 10 more days of August, September, October, November, four more months. Uh, I would not be surprised if they canceled Thanksgiving and Christmas and New York and, and New Year's. Wouldn't be surprised at that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that wearing a mask is going to be required or suggested probably through the end of this year. Um, I have no problem with that. Uh, Like I said, um, uh, I'll follow what you got to do. There's nothing open anyway. There's nowhere to go, you know, as far as where to go or things like that. Uh, I do wear a mask. I am aware of uh, social distancing. I try to be aware of my health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think this is this is going on. And then I, I follow this stuff too much. And we're, from what I just heard a couple of days ago, we're no better off than we were in March. And I don't know what the hell that means. You know, I don't know what that means at all. Oh boy! I gotta hear what our savior's. I gotta hear what our savior's gonna say.
0: What are you uh? What are you puffing on? Huh? What are you puffing on today? I'm uh. Over fiction. Over
1: fiction. I was I'm doing some dabbing. I've got some uh wax here. Amy Fisher, you know Amy? You remember Amy Fisher, the Trapping Hat Museum? Anyway, I've got some dab uh, material here, but uh, Biden just came in to accept his uh, Oh, he just accepted it. All right. Um.
0: So the, if that, the audio from that could flag our video, so I'm not sure if you want to maybe just just turn it down just a little bit so it doesn't come in on that. Yeah, I so just,
1: I'll catch all of his, his, um, yeah. I or just, you gotta gotta go the, no, 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 I I just wanted to hear what he may or may not say, and it's going to be the same old shit, and I don't know what difference it's going to make anyway.
0: Hey, uh, Anyone but Mango Mussolini, right?
1: Hey, Jesus, I don't know. It's all crazy.
0: I think that's my favorite name for him by far. Well, that'll work. <laughs> I don't know, man, uh, after, uh, after they screwed Bernie, I got that long and hard about voting green, but we'll see. Anyways. Um, so what, uh, what are your, um, your hopes for kind of next year you got any plans going for the, the future? Uh, what do you think things are going to be, uh, uh, or
1: they canceled the emerald cup already yeah. all right all right so what and again what i'm saying is that i'm looking at no no formal activities for cannabis of any events social gatherings expos or anything of that nature probably through the end of this year that's four months september october november december i don't anticipate that um until and unless we get these numbers down which our government says we have to they're going to ho- they're going to hold us hostage you know we're we're doing this to ourselves by by going out and having parties and not taking care of one another and then uh, what's happening in these restrooms and things of this nature you know we're doing that to ourselves Geez, i walk by in in san francisco when i'm out and about and you see these uh, boarded up businesses and on the other side they were broken windows you know, I think what the hell we did this to ourselves, you know, what, but any, anyway, anyway, but, but I, I don't see a lot happening until it's all it's uh, it's uh probably January, February. And until, unless we really do something about it. And then also too what the, uh, what the results of this election will be and, and all in and either way, I'm not sure what the hell difference is going to make. Um, uh, we're just, you know, just take it one day at a time. That's all we can do right now. At least it's what I'm trying to do. I'm getting old, Steve. Jesus. I thought, you know, anyway. Your your
2: second coming of what you said, everybody saying that it was just as bad as marches because there were too many poor leadership and the idea that we should be take precautions and and too many people, about 48% of the country thinking it's their free right. By the Constitution, not to wear a mask because they don't want to. Fifty-two percent of
1: people. This is interesting. Fifty-two percent of the people who were um, uh, polled will not take a vaccine even if it comes out. Forty-eight percent will take it. Fifty-two percent won't. Uh, Uh, Think about that shit. And that's the same thing. That's the same thing. How many people will wear a mask or will not? Because it's my right to wear a mask, or I don't have to wear. You know, it's. I mean. I I don't know. And again, as an older man, I'm not sure what the hell to make out of our society. I do know this. If we think that we're all that smart, and we're all that progressive and civilized, either you're fools, or you're a damn liar. Mm -hmm.
0: After my sister almost died of the flu shot, I think I'm definitely would not get it, at least for the first four or five years, I would get it once I know that it's safe people aren't
1: dying
0: from it, right? I'm <laughs> not going to be one of the guinea pigs on the on the vaccine.
1: And the thing of it is, I, I don't know about you guys, I got nothing else to do but sit here and watch this damn television in front of me. So one of the things I do in the morning is I turn it on and see what the hell's happening in the world. But with something else you guys realize, uh, to wear a mask or don't wear a mask. I've seen experts on both sides. To do this or not to do this. I've seen experts on both sides. In other words, you can be just confused by experts on both sides. Well, I think the American media tries
0: to play everything as a 50 50 argument when it's not. And, and I think that's a big, it's, it's a big. I have, as someone who spent a lot of time in Canada, Jamaica, Africa, and, and, and other parts of the world, life isn't that way. And, and, and life isn't always balanced and, and, and there isn't always two sides to every coin. Sometimes someone's wrong. And the United States definitely placates a lot too many times to people that are just flat out wrong. I'm not saying so much on any of the cases that you, you were citing, but I'm saying just, just in general, they'll often give credence and make something seem more legitimate than it actually is just to try and say that both sides are, are equal or both sides are, are or whatever. And it, it's just not, and they need to stop. It's causing problems. <laughs> but I, you
2: know, there's an interesting, uh, anyways. I'll go on
1: no, <laughs> <well
2: taken. laughs> See, we still love it because Steve doesn't we don't usually bro- broach politics on this show. You know, so it's kind of interesting tonight to hear Steve. You I'm know, not trying the, to get the... too I'm not trying to get too political, but right. That's I know. Is, I know you're holding back. But... Definitely
0: <laughs> some dumbassery going on at, at,
2: at the government level.
0: Yeah. I don't think regardless of what party you are on, I don't think anybody agrees that things are going smoothly right now.
2: Right? So I'll just say I think it's blind ignorance by half the people out there. That's I'll, I'll leave it at a 50-50 conclusion right there. And and you know until, yeah, right. but it's not. People their don't fault. read. They don't read. They don't know anything heard. except what Twitter people, or Facebook yeah. tells them. You know they exist that's in a little universe in their own bubble where they
0: don't actually hear the reality, and that's part of the problem. So
1: I'm glad I'm 75. I'm looking at 76 in a few months. Give me another four or five years, 80, 80 something like that. Let me check out because I wish I was optimistic about what our future might hold. I, 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 I don't share that optimism that I might've had 50, 60 years ago when I was graduating college and now coming out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when we can look at one another and call us uh, uh, the N word or a faggot or a Jew, uh, or we can assault one another. It's, it's much too easy now uh, to do this. And cannabis is still considered a uh, a drug, and it's dangerous. Uh, and, it, and, and we still if the the earth is still flat. The moon is made of cheese. So at least some of these things are are still uh, are, are still solid out here.
0: Yeah, no, that is one nice thing. It has been nice to see kind of the cannabis industry kind of purge a lot of those more negative aspects out of the the general community here, especially as it's grown and become more. More, um, I guess, uh, adult more, I guess, adults and more maybe not adult, but more corporate probably is the better way to put it. Uh, in general, it has purged a lot of the uh, more hateful people. Uh, you don't really see them around anymore, which is nice. Not entirely, but certainly a lot of the people I can remember seeing that it has a lot of controversy no longer around.
1: A lot of new faces, uh, Steve, there's just so many, but uh, there are not a lot of us old people uh, left that really or that are involved in it anymore. Really well, most of the people just burned out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, 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 that's true. That, no, 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 that's true. You know, or, or our health issues. You know, look at all the number of friends I've gotten. And, of course, Steve Covey, he's got health issues. And other people have passed on. Pebbles has got health issues. Eddie Lepp has got health issues. I've got health issues. You know, some of the people that are there from day one and day zero, rather, fact.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah, uh, what's going on with you uh, in your garden there, Roger? You got anything going on in your garden or are you just kind of, you got, looks like you got a hurricane heading your way before too long. I
2: heard about that earlier, but I didn't get a chance to look out and see where it was. Or I guess I'll be able to do that on some kind of news program later on. Um, well, we just, um, we've been working on the greenhouse. We went out and cleared some more today. I'm waiting on a, a, a shipment of a tubular, a square tube steel. For my sidewalls, and then we're going to complete the greenhouse once and for all. Got the got my two rolls of six mil plastic plastic out there in the yard, you know, just waiting to be put up. I'm I'm so excited about it. And uh, other than that, not a whole lot. I'm just trying to keep up. It's been raining here like for three weeks. You know, it's uh, it's been every time you think you're going to get something done, and it's it wasn't even supposed to rain yesterday. Then it poured half the day. Um, but uh, other than that, no, it, it's, it's going good. Got a lot of plants started and all. Um, but it, they're basically just sitting around in limbo right now. You know, actually, they should have been put somewhere. But it just, thing, the, the virus screwed us up for a while. I mean, I think I, me- I don't mention it much. But, you know, we had a hard time getting supplies. Or it wasn't even getting supplies. It was a hard time getting people on the phone, for instance, when the hemp deadline came up. That was it, like the deadline was at the end of the end of March, I think, or the end of April and then and they close in their office and then they're saying we're not going to extend the deadline or anything. But you couldn't even get stuff, you know, I mean, you couldn't get a hold. You couldn't go to an office, the government office. You, you'd be lucky to get somebody on the phone. I will say this though that I didn't the hemp people themselves at the state level made it, made it, they've made themselves available as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I haven't talked to more than about five or 10 hemp growers, but I think every time I called, I was able to get a hold of somebody, get questions answered. I was a little disappointed that they didn't extend it considering that we had six weeks upside down. Cause in my case, a lot of what I had to have done, I couldn't get done because I couldn't even get into the County office to get something like they want a piece of paperwork. So then you'd have to mail it, you know, you'd have to request it for mail. And then, you never, you know, that just takes weeks in general, you know, so it's things like that. Uh, but yeah, it's great. We, I think we're gonna have another great uh, end of the year. Uh, it was uh, in the fifties and sixties at night till the middle of June. We ran through early spring weather until the middle of June here. This, Well, there is no climate change by the way, but in the <laughs> South, it was in the middle of June, it was 60, 50, 60 degrees at night um, literally chilly and cold, which normally would be hot and balmy, but, uh, it did got, it did, when summer came, it's been like a hundred, degrees for about, you know, ever since the middle of June. So I guess we're in two months, two months. And, uh, we actually had a chilly night a couple nights ago. So I'm hoping we get a year like last year, since I'm so late to the game, getting, uh, food and stuff into the greenhouse, because last year I could have grown straight through the first of the year usually you can't grow like after Christmas, New Year's, I've lost most of my plants, unless you got a real good heating system, but in a natural setting where you rely, you know, where you just know you're going to lose them at a certain time, I wasn't growing last year, and last year there was never, we only had three nights through the whole winter that even got to freezing, so that's a bizarre climate even for down here you know you know usually we'll get a week that'll be 28 degrees and if you're growing anything and it's not in heat it dies you know so you know that's about it steve i appreciate you asking i i can't wait to i gotta i keep forgetting to we keep doing this work and i keep forgetting to film it or take some pictures i gotta take some pictures and i think once we start building the systems uh like i said i got almost everything now um Still waiting. I got to buy one more motor for one of my fans and uh, then just build everything up, build my end walls. And we're just going to run the, the fan, the two big old 48 inch fans. I don't know if I'm going to do anything for heat for this winter. It depends on if we ever get done, if and when we ever get done. i got a great partner, Ryan, who's been to the con- uh, to the can- uh, Regenerative Organic Cannabis Conference. You met him up in Maine. You didn't know who he was at the time. You just met this guy from Charleston, and you guys all told me about him. And then somehow he saw us on the show one night, and that's how we got to be friends. And uh, he hired me to be a consultant on a big farm briefly, and we decided to be partners. So I got a great partner, and he's like would be the age of like my oldest son if I had a son. So it's really great to have somebody energetic and like that to drive me. In fact, yeah, I'm getting old too, Wayne. I'm getting, uh, yeah. I'm 67 and I feel like, I didn't feel old when I was 60, but at 67, I'm starting to feel like I'm 75 or 80. Myself.
1: Well, what, what, what makes me feel old is my body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, my body. Really, I'm, I'm not everything. trying to be funny about this because no, I was, uh, I was an athletic young man in high school and college. And I coached for uh, a number of years in a Chicago high school. And I've stayed very, very active. Uh, and, uh, but also too I'm slowing down a little bit I'm 33 years HIV positive that caught up but just the the, the aches and the pains that come along but that's something uh, Roger and, and Steve that 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 these these administrators and, and bureaucrats don't understand about this plant it is helpful to those of us that use it for medical reasons whatever those medical or physical reasons might be and it's really helpful um, and that 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 uh, you know that, that has to be understood. And, and unless you have people that have that empathy, it seems like it's empty words. You know, it's just to listen to people that have no empathy or no understanding. You can have the greatest argument in the world and still come out uh, still come out on the losing end of the argument.
2: Yeah, or at least at least not accomplish anything.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly,
2: anyway. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I know you're, still, you're right. It's the body. So like, I like my back and hips. They just didn't uh, even my, you know, like I've never, well, I was an athlete. I was a scholarship baseball player. I was off you know. to the Citadel, but I'd, I'd had enough of military. So I kind of bypassed on that. But yeah, I always was athletic myself until about, you know, in my fifties, you know, when I started getting, Well, I I call it somewhat laziness, I guess. (laughs) There was nothing to do when I moved out here in the country. It's not like when you're in the city, or and then now I can't drive. So I'm stuck on the farm. I don't get to go run around and hang out, or of course, I wouldn't right now. You know, we go to that. I got a bunch of friends that go and hang out in bars and everybody drooling all over each other. And personally, I feel like I'm healthy because I'm being smart about it and I'm going to continue to try to do that. But yeah. Um, I can't stand up too too long in one spot. My hips will start trying to poke out my back.
1: You know. Well, cannabis got through got me through yep. a heart attack about ten years ago. Uh, hip replacement surgery. Uh, now, what I kind of been challenged by, and I talked to my doctor about this recently, are what I call these phantom pains. <laughs> you know? Really, and I've kind of experienced that in my hands the last couple of days. Th- they both hurt. And I think, well, what the hell did I do to hurt these things? Yep. And maybe in a few days they'll be gone. It doesn't hurt all the time, but they come and they go. These quote phantom pains. I have no idea what caused it. No idea how to how to get over it. That kind of is and an and then I'm thinking, am I? This is this just a mind fuck? I don't. I can do that too. Well, isn't that kind of what Malaysia is? Yeah, 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 yeah. I now mean, I have these, been, like,
2: had... these pains that can't really. Right. Can't really tell why, but yeah. it, they're there, and they're. they I have
1: suffered neuropathy, both hands and feet, because of uh, being HIV positive. That's one of the uh, side things that I've had experience. Is that? But these phantom pains are in different parts of the body, and it, like I said, they come and they go. And uh, they will be t- Oh, damn, that hurt! Been gone as quickly.
2: Yeah, and the cannabis helps. I know that for me too. Oh, it
1: certainly does. Uh, Steve gave me some dry THC that really I use so so well years ago and and again any product that that was cannabis product is for me it's helpful you know
2: yeah my friend gave me a a little vial a nice vial of uh uh cbd powder and it comes with a little scoop in it and you're supposed to maybe put it in a little water i just drop it on my tongue and and man then i and and it's not really it's not any kind of uh it allows you to, when the first time I did a couple scoops before bed, it was the first time I'd slept all night and I can't remember how long it gotcha. wasn't, it wasn't putting me to sleep. It just relaxed my body enough that I was really able to sleep. So I, I can see it. I, a lot of people don't even realize, well, I don't want to mess with CBD. It doesn't get you high. Well, I'm high when I'm not hurting. <laughs> Here we
1: go. There we go.
2: I just like feeling good. I feel I feel 10 times better and I'm not high. I'm just feeling, feel, my body's feeling good right now. So, yeah, it helps. It definitely helps. I, I can't wait to see it progress, but I don't know. Like we said, there's no telling. It should have been done. In fact, it hadn't been done yet still. It's just going to be, you know, who, I remember the one president that was going to, but then the, he was going to sign, was it? Was that Carter? Carter was gonna actually sign marijuana to be legal, but right. then they had the big cocaine wars and he couldn't jump in like with cannabis and, and when they were having a war on when when the war on drugs started, you know, which we know no. how much screwed up that was, but it was all because of cocaine that Carter didn't sign, you know, push and sign for marijuana to be
1: legal, and that's the only choice chance we ever had. You know, I wish Some of these organizations, marijuana policy, marijuana policy project, drug policy alliance, whatever the hell they might be, I I want. Why haven't they researched (laughs) how cannabis became an illegal drug to begin with? Let's take it back to the twenties and start the research there. Let's look at Harry Anslinger, who referred to African Americans as darkies. I wonder how they feel about that now. Uh, we're worried about these, this cannabis that was coming over the Mexican border and the right. Hispanic state, how they like that. And then of course, that new music, jazz music that was introduced in the South. Uh, and again, that, uh, take advantage of the white women. Uh, why don't we look at that? And then also to the, the lawyer that said, uh, uh, who the only lawyer to testify, I got a hatch or something like that, the name. He said that he took a couple of hits of cannabis and he flew around uh, uh, the room like a bat. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, when I heard that, I thought to myself, everybody that I've ever smoked with, everybody that's ever given marijuana to me or I've given it, I am pissed at, at every one of them. Because you did get to fly around that. like a bat? Exactly Right. <laughs> Exactly right. I pissed at all of you. You've never given me stuff that allows me to do that. I mean, it is so senseless. And I'm thinking when when we see what prohibition didn't work and why they had to do it, all these other things, it's an argument that I think could be disabled. But we had some researchers just take this shit apart on how silly it is. And then that also too, well why if it was such a bad thing in the 30s, why are we esponging all of these records now from people with minor possessions and cultivation products. Why is that being done? Well, I have it's a theory. Be- it's not being done for medical reasons.
2: No, I have a theory. Well, first of all, back then it was all laws and propaganda and the name marijuana was meant to be, go with Hispanic nature of their argument that crazy Mexicans and, and like you said, darkies are gonna be coming and raping all the white women. And that's basically part of it. But I'm gonna tell you what my theory's always been Cannabis would take would have taken over the pulp and paper industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the fuel industry, it was all the lubricant and all of that, and all those industries, along with the fact that you know whatever reason, other reasoning, but it it was all that propaganda by these corporations. Even William Randolph Hearst, who was a big newspaper guy and pulp and paper, and made his own paper for his own newspapers, he was he was part of that. Yeah, as, big as
0: you also had the the patent of petroleum-based plastics uh right also in 1918 right around the same time right you you also had a lot of turmoil going on in mexico so you had a lot of people that were just fleeing um legitimate uh you know legitimately fleeing war or fleeing war-torn areas just so their kids weren't getting shot at and stuff like legitimately that were fleeing back to the united states that you know they had to find a, a way to to try and kick out and a lot of them use cannabis as medicine
1: hey and it also dude, this, is, this is down in your your area of the country eli whitney just didn't remember when he uh, yep. uh, put the cotton gin together what right. a difference that made and you're talking about the 30s 40s and 50s you look at the Rockefeller's and what they did with the oil and the pullmans with the rate uh with uh, uh, uh railroads. railroads all of these big people who were putting these money grabs together uh cannabis was left out um, for any kind of particular reason but again it was associated with with Hispanics and darkies. To me that's what's again happening today the the the
2: pulp and paper company and the pharmaceutical companies and the fuel or oil or whatever is the the, you know where they the plastic they don't want it because it would be it will compete with them and then people would actually see like we know that it's six times as strong as cotton so you can make jeans out of hemp. If they ever figure out how to make it not itchy, you know, which I think they probably already have. I mean, pretty sure, but but you know, hemp looked like a sack for a long time, hemp clothing, but uh, I think we have the technology to do something about it. But I still say it's the same thing, they don't want hemp to be, yeah. You know, well, now hemp's here, so they're not going to really, really stop that anymore uh, on the cannabis side. Well, that's going to that now that goes even though hemp also does, it goes against the pharmaceutical companies. And my thoughts always been for decades is that as soon as the pharmaceutical companies figured out how to how to do it, or they get some kind of license so that it restricts what the Americans can do, you know, American citizens can do with it, then it would be legal overnight. But see, they haven't figured out a way to monopolize it because everybody's got it. (laughs) kind of you can't really legalize we we've talked about that on the show many times with some of our experts in you know um in in the, the, the generic uh, footprints and stuff like that and you know who owns what as far as uh what what's our i hate this i hate that i can't remember his name but what's our our cannabis lawyer's name steve that was on the show talking about dale hunt dale hunt yes right dale now, Dell's been on two or three times, and you know, talking about people have you know being able to say a strain is theirs, you know, having a copyright. So the fact that the pharmaceutical companies haven't been able to lock that down, they're, you know, I'm, I'm sure they've tried, and I bet you there's tons of cases where they were tried. But you know, that's that's my opinion, real quickly on all that. I don't think it's guesswork, really. It's a matter of one industry not wanting another industry to uh, become, you know, viable.
1: We can shoot ourselves in the foot. What is, we're not as grand as society as are we, I think that if anything has taught us, well maybe for myself it has taught us, we ain't all of that as a country. When we can't supply enough masks to take care of our regular people or argue about some damn plant and we can call one another racist names, et cetera, et cetera. Are we really all of that? And we have violence in our streets, et cetera, et cetera. Are we really all of that? and if, if we are disney we've movie. got a long way to go
2: if it was a disney movie we'd all be happy in the end because we had the magical plant that did everything for everyone
1: yeah there we go there we go there we go and my problem you're you said 67 is that right roger yeah sixty-seven. Yeah, right. well, okay you're, you're 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 up you're up there with my generation yeah our problem is that my 75 years we really haven't done anything geez I, I look at my when we started in cannabis uh, in the, in the uh, late 80s and early 90s is answering the AIDS epidemic. And you look at it right now, what the hell have we done? We say, well, it's legalized. What the hell is legalized? When you have to fill out so much information and sacrifice so much, that is not legal. That's not legal. It's regulated. It's not legal. And, and that's why they
2: legalized it, to make it regulated so you'd have... Right. A-
1: right. That, that doesn't say anything about legal. You know, we were when we, we planted corn in Iowa... We weren't, what we were worried about is the environment, the air, the water, and the ground. We weren't told how many plants that we had, how many things that you could keep away, how many tomatoes we could have with the corn or the beets or the celeries or stuff like that. I think this is all irrelevant right now. And it's too overregulated. And that's what's going to keep the black market uh, going. And that's going to keep our growth uh, very, very slow. And I know a ton of people in the black market are happy as shit about that. To be oh, absolutely. Sixty-four, 64 really. was a, our Proposition Sixty-four out here making the recreational. That was a that was the best thing they could have done, really. That's the best thing because the black market's doing quite well. And I can go, I can walk down the streets here of San Francisco and be offered some pretty good-looking cannabis, et cetera, et cetera. And these are just young street kids that are out here trying to make a survival. uh, the black market's doing well. Yep.
2: One day. Yeah.
1: Well, so. you know, it's
0: it's always funny to me when you hear people say, "Oh, oh, well, the black market these these home growers can't supply the whole country." It's like, do you forget that that's the only person that supplied the country for the last seven <laughs> decades, or did you forget that part? <laughs> You know, every time people are threatened by corporate cannabis, I'm like, what are you talking about? We've been doing this for 70 years. This is dumb. What are you afraid of?
1: And cannabis of you guys that,
0: don't know what they're doing on the, on the huge scale.
1: Cannabis does not grow on palm trees. <laughs> it does not grow on Christmas trees. And, and also too, you guys know this, but one of the things that I've always kind of thought, why do people think that growing cannabis is so easy? The cannabis plant. Why do they think it's so easy? Like I, I put it in a plot of plant. Put, put it in the it's window. It's called weed, man. Okay, okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, exactly, exactly. Well, it because funny? it grows wild in nature, so it, can't it get I get. I guess. I guess so. That's one of the <laughs> things. You know, this virus is going to be over. All right, this virus is going to be over the stupidity will continue on very well. It will rage on. You know, on Another that point- word, We need one, a better virus. On that point, <laughs> one it. thing
2: that I've said is, oh, sorry, I'm Steve, curious, real just real quickly, is uh, I they, I have not seen one person, one study or one doctor or anybody say that they've tried to do anything with CBD in relation to getting this. And I'm real curious about that, seeing the wide effects that CBD has on uh, the human body now that we've been able to have trials. I have not seen one thing, and I think that's a mistake that they, I'm not saying it would cure anything or help anything, but I'd like to see it tried, because I think that's something they're missing out on. Sorry, Steve.
0: No, I was just making fun. We need a smart virus that makes people smarter. Yeah,
2: because this one sure didn't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, and no, yeah, only 170,000 like, deaths, yeah. but it's you know, 170,000 deaths, but nobody brings that number up on a daily basis. They want to argue about other oh, stupid shit. Wow. All righty. Well,
0: um, before we wrap the show up here, I just wanted to mention we will have be hosting the virtual aquaponic cannabis conference free here on YouTube with product giveaways. We'll have uh, recharge, we have Foop, we have um uh oh man who else we got a, a true aquaponics we're gonna have a whole bunch of cool people doing giveaways for aquaponic uh, and soil products in between uh speakers we're gonna have uh, george pate speaking we'll also have wendy cronenberg we'll have murray hollum from practical aquaponics we'll have breeder steve on the show we'll have chris trump we'll have matthew gates aka Zenthanol, aka sink angel uh we'll have dr leonard wilson from Australia. We'll have Roger Terry from True Aquaponics, Angela Tenenbrock talking about food safety and biosecurity on your facility. Um, uh, Marty Waddell uh, talking about aquaponics. I'll be talking about aquaponics. We'll have Brendan Strath from uh, Spectrum King LED and Growmore talking about microbes and lighting. We'll have uh, Leanne Keys, chief cultivator of Habitat Life. We'll have uh, Josh Rutherford talking about large scale integration within uh, living soil. We'll have uh, a whole bunch of, uh, we have a, a couple more speakers that we'll be announcing as well, but it's going to be a really action-packed weekend, October 3rd and 4th, starting at 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, and uh, each speaker will be giving approximately you know, a 50-minute to one-hour presentation. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and um, definitely a, a great source of information if you're wanting to learn a lot more about aquaponics or cannabis in general. Um, oh, yeah, it, uh, it'll it be a lot of fun. So, um i'll be sure to check that out again right here on the youtube channel uh potent ponics um any last uh things you wanted to talk about here wayne before we wrap up the show
1: no i just want to thank you very very much we miss you here roger it's a pleasure to to, uh share some this time together my best wishes to you all down there
2: thank you oh yeah i've been on the show with you before um you know you've been on this show before when i because i've been you know, Steve invited me like a little over three years ago, about three years, four months, I think it was that about 40 months ago. And I was, I I pretty much was on a, every show for about three years. And I, cause I remember a couple of your stories. So I thought I knew you from being on the show before. So, but I appreciate we got to really talk. I don't think we got to talk a lot last time. We got to do the old man thing and reminisce, you know, tonight about the old days, you know, so that was, that was fun.
1: There were good days. There were, there were necessary days to lay down a wonderful foundation. And there were a lot of wonderful people that were involved. And also to the patients that, that gathered the signatures and really occupied cannabis and made, medical, made made the need of medical cannabis. Understand, if we didn't have people that that, that didn't need cannabis for medical reasons, they were HIV positive or cancer or something like that, we'd have been no better than drug dealers. you know. But, but uh, our, our cannabis went to people who were, were like I said, and two fifteen days oral written recommendation, uh, by a doctor for it. Uh, a lot of people live in a better quality of life because of you guys. So thank well, you
2: guys for doing all that back in the day.
1: You know, I, 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 I have to admit though, I'm very selfish. I was diagnosed in 1987 being HIV positive. Uh, I'm doing it for a selfish reason. I need access to cannabis. I mean, that's, that's what motivated <laughs> do, me. Sir. And then, and then what's also helpful if I get it, that means a lot of other people can get it too. So I'm happy about that.
2: Well, I also want to congratulate you on almost, well, soon if you make another five or six years, 44 decades of surviving with HIV when it was a death sentence in the beginning. So
1: it was, it was, well, you, you know, something here, here is, now, you know, a, a side note of that, um, uh, Steve, uh, uh, Ken Hayes, who used to be its champ. I don't know if you remember him. He's down in, in, in Argentina right now doing some medical studies and I had a couple of other doctors. You know, I have been pumping in a, a, a viral, load, viral uh, antivirals into my body for about 33 years now, uh, and uh, and they were saying that maybe there has been for some of us that are HIV, uh, that we may have built up some kind of immunity. Now I'm not saying it's natural, and we, it's all bottom line, but it certainly does make a little bit sense because I'm I'm not really I don't get a lot of colds. And I have not had the flu for quite a while. And and as I say, I just wonder if these antivirals that I've been blasting into my body every day, I wonder if they've been up some kind of immunity. It's an interesting discussion for us. It should be the, the way to find out is
2: you need to know if it stores in your fatty tissue, like, say, B toxin that stores over there. And over go. over. Sure. It's got sure. to store in your fatty tissue to make, like, bee <laughs> pollen most People don't know they're not, they say, I'm not allergic. You're not allergic till the day you get stung and there's too much. Toxin in your fatty tissue, and then you have your anaphylactic, uh, which happened to me, you know. So it's just this fatty tissue yep, it stores. It can go. It can last forever because, just like that, never leaves your body. Wasps and hornets and bee toxin, never leaves
1: your body. So. so, so how do people find out more information about you, Wayne? Um, you know something. I'm Facebook. I, I, I'm very limited on Facebook, but if someone wants to Google. Wayne Justman and enjoy the reading. That's a very simple way to do that. Um, I do have a Facebook under Wayne Justman. Uh my email address is a simple one. Wayne Justman, all one word with two Ns, J-U-S-T-M-A-N at MacMAC.com. Um, easy way to get get a, get a hold of me. And if they've got questions or comments or just want to bullshit about anything, um uh i i'm it and also too if they want to dab and get high i'm even their mer- better man it's you and i have dabbed and gotten high before we'll party oh we'll yeah love to party.
0: We'll Look love to forward party. seeing you again probably next year given all the travel restrictions but uh definitely we'll get we together hope
1: so. we hope so and i gotta get down to, uh i gotta get down to oklahoma and visit and see what the hell you guys are doing down there too
0: Oh yeah, man. We'll, we'll, uh we'll give you the royal treatment when you come down for sure. I
1: appreciate <laughs> that so much. You guys have a wonderful evening. Thanks ever so much for being part of this.
0: Thank Absolutely, you. Man. Man. Thanks again, man. The hell out of really it. A pleasure having you.
1: All right. Bye-bye.
0: Take care. All right. Now. All
2: right. What about you, Roger? Uh, how do people find you? Well, you know, I'm, I still run, uh, running a forum, uh, cultivation forum and all at, uh, I love And, um, I've got a new thing I'm doing right now. I, I'm i not sure which name I'm gonna use, uh, but uh, I am gonna be opening up a, um, a well, I had this before I got a, uh, hacked and I was shut down for years before I got my databases back, but I'm gonna be opening up my own growth store, which is pretty much gonna to cater to natural farming and aquaponics so that things that you would use and that kind of deal and, or hydroponics either way, cause it's all hand in hand. Um, I'm going to be catering to that i'm not going to be the kind of grocery store you go and buy a bunch of nutrients although we will have minerals you know i'm sure well steve and i'm already kind of doing that i hate to be but i you know i've been wanting to do this and trying to do it for a long time because i make my own hydroponic nutrients you know largely out of fatty acids and some other things and i learned that from a guy that was a state uh, uh, builder and in, uh, uh, in south africa and kenya back in the day when he was living in africa uh, now he's a, now he works for Canon Nutrients, but he taught me how to make nutrients by combining all the minerals and what, you know, and of course you can look up, any, anybody interested in doing that, all you have to do is look up and see what minerals of what capacity of every mineral, like strength-wise, that you would need. But then if you're going into aquaponics, it's a whole different thing because aquaponics uses a much lower parts per million across the board. So it's a little different, a lot, lot different in that respect from hydroponics. But so that we're going to be doing that, we're going to have a little grow store. So that people that want to do oh, you know, ohn or anything like that, they won't have to go out and go search for all the stuff. They'll be able to get their jars and they'll be able to get the funnels and all that kind of stuff. You know. You know, so that's about, that, that's how you find me. I love growing marijuana.com and oh, Facebook, Roger Latewood. You can always look, look me up on and friend me on. Uh, if you do try to friend me. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you can make a note when I think when you friend somebody, you can actually send them a message. I'd love it. If you tell me because I don't like friends from everybody. Sometimes you don't know what their motives are, but if you do want to talk to me at all about it, uh, any kind of farming or any kind of building of anything uh, structures or systems. I'd be glad to help anybody out just put a message send me a little uh, private message and say hey I asked to be your friend and this is where I'm you know I saw you on the podcast or whatever and that'd be it. that'd help out a lot. Be cool's right, well, um,
0: it been a fun show. you can find out more about me at potentponics.com, YouTube, Soundcloud, iTunes all the different places. And uh, we will have the virtual Aquaponic Cannabis Conference October 3rd and 4th, right here on the YouTube channel. Marty and I have been also plugging away. Now that I have, as you guys have noticed, a proper internet connection again at the new house. Uh, <laughs> yes, five acres here, man, it's dope. I'm gonna set up a nice little greenhouse in the back. It's gonna take some time because I got a lot of stuff going on, but we'll have a lot of time and, and uh, a lot of cool shit going on. will be able to actually have a grow again and uh, pretty stoked, so pretty stoked indeed. Uh, Anyways, we're going to wrap up the show. Um, You can check out Marty AP meds. uh, And uh, we'll have hopefully before too long the commercial class. Um,
2: So alrighty, catch you guys again soon. Cheers. Good night, everyone.